Hi there, welcome. This is Cheryl Richardson. Welcome to my weekly Facebook Live. Although it's been a few weeks since I've been here live, um, I'm glad to be back. It's been a busy, busy time here this spring or sort of entering into spring. And um, I finally have had a chance to come back home and, you know, be here to be able to schedule this live with you. So I'm looking forward to connecting with you, looking forward to um, answering questions and maybe providing you with some coaching. Um, hi, Teresa, welcome to you. So glad you're here. You're always like one of the first ones. I appreciate it. And Beryl, welcome to you from the Netherlands. And Ev, welcome Ev, nice to see you. Um, I'm glad to be here, Adrian, welcome to you. And Corazon, Corazoncito, <laughs> Corazoncito. And Pia, welcome to you too. Yes, I'm glad to be back. It's been a little bit, it's been a little bit crazy busy. And um, I've had a lot, well, we had a house guest here for seven days and that's always a little tricky, you know, just trying to um, spend time with a loved one and tend to the business of living at the same time. I'm sure you know what I mean. And um, I've been busy with some of the projects that I've been working on. I've been coaching, uh, just coaching some different organizations whose work I really believe in and really uh, am passionate about. So I've been working with them. And um, so, yeah, so things were a little nuts. And um, I noticed, when was it? The other day I woke up and I just was feeling really irritable. And um, throughout the day, I was feeling frustrated. I, I just, I don't know. I was feeling like I just wasn't grounded in my life. And um, I had this amazing thing happen that really showed me. So I had all of these different thoughts going on, like, um, oh, I'm too busy. I need, I need to just stop. I need a break. Um, life doesn't feel very fulfilling and rich right now. Or um, I'm, I'm missing something. I mean, that was the big thing. I guess that's the big thing. I felt like I was missing something. I felt like my life was missing something. Like I didn't even, I didn't even like, I, I, I couldn't even name what it was. I just felt like life was missing something. And then I had this interesting thing happen. So this had been going on for a few weeks. And then all of a sudden I was out one morning filling the bird feeders like I do every morning. I get up and I go out and I, put feed in the feeder and some um, peanut butter in a suet feeder. And I um, changed the water in the, uh, the a big bowl that I have because I put out fresh water for the animals and the birds. And um, so I was filling the feeder and I stopped to look out over the backyard and I looked to the left where I have a little garden uh, over on the left-hand side, a rock. It's a, it's a garden with rocks and um, that's where I planted Louise's tree. It's a beautiful dogwood tree. And I looked over and staring at me was the most beautiful fox. It was just on the crest of the hill, just above the garden, just sitting there staring at me. And I, everything just stopped. I mean, it was a magical moment. And I slowly put the seed down and just stood there looking at him or her. And um, I said, you know, oh, I'm so glad you're here. It's wonderful to see you. And it's safe to be here. You know, you know, I always say that to the animals that visit. It's safe to be here. I'm glad you're here. 
And all of a sudden, he walked from the crest of the hill, he walked down the hill toward me, sat down on the grass, curled up almost like a cat, curled up and just sat there looking at me. And I was chatting with him for a few minutes and then I just didn't say anything and just really sort of felt that sense of connection to nature. And then after about five minutes of him just sitting, curled up in a ball, comfortable, just looking at me, I very, very slowly stepped back and went into the house and then went racing around trying to find my camera so I could come back and take a picture of him. And sure enough, by the time I came back, he was gone. It was um, nowhere to be found. So um, I walked back in the house and I thought, oh gosh, I love these magical moments when we encounter nature, when we, when I, whenever I encounter wildlife. And I sat down and I realized in that moment that what I was missing was presence in my life. That, um, you know, we live in the country, we live in a beautiful home with a yard that has lots of wildlife here. And the reason I was feeling irritable and I was feeling like I was missing something or that life felt like it had lost its shine somehow was because I wasn't very present for my life. I just wasn't, you know, I didn't, wasn't taking time to even just hang out on the deck and looking at, you know, looking out over the backyard for longer than two seconds, you know, a minute or two before I was off to the next appointment or the next task or whatever it was. And um, it was just, it was one of those moments where um, I'm sure you've had them where it's really easy to get in our heads and start thinking about, um, start overanalyzing why we don't feel good in life why we feel restless or unsettled or sad or melancholy or um, frustrated or just like everybody else is living a great life and I'm not like, you know, however that, however that shows up for you, nine and a half times out of 10, what's really missing from your life is you. What was missing from my life was me. And so I made a point, I, you know, I immediately did something I, I often do. I went to my calendar and, I, uh, you know, my um, computer, my, the calendar on my computer, and I started to look at where I needed to make space in my calendar. What did I commit to that needed to change? Where did I need to change my mind? Say no to something I had already said yes to. Um, where did I have to block out time in my calendar so that I wouldn't book anything else, so that I'd be, you know, I'd be able to have the time that I needed. And... Um, and what did, you know, what, did I, what did I need to say no to? Like, how, how was I going to put space between a request of my time or energy and my response? And I always think of my friend Helen, who passed away a couple of months ago. She used to always say to me, Cheryl, she was in her 80s. Um, she was much older than I was. And she used to always say, Cheryl, I always tell the people in my life that um, I need to sleep on any decision I make. And that gives me the time to really think about whether or not I want to devote, um, whether I, I want to give um, any of my time and energy or any space in my calendar to somebody else. It's a wonderful practice to just sleep, sleep on it. And so I was thinking, you know, I need to do more of that as well. So, but the fox, um, once again, he's visited me a few times, but this time just really staying present was just an amazing experience. And, of course, I went to some of my, um, I have these beautiful animal card decks where I would look up the, you know, what's the symbolism of the fox? And I always look up the symbolism of the animals that come and visit me. And um, it makes me just feel 
connected to them in a different way, in a sort of multidimensional way. But anyway, um, I am, I feel like I'm back. I still have a couple of busy days to get through. I had a busy day today and I've got a busy day tomorrow, but, um, but after that, things kind of calm down a bit and I'm going to make sure they stay that way for as long as I can. And then I'll make the mistake of filling up my calendar again and saying yes too soon, like we all do, right? This is life. Um, there's never, there's no perfection. There's no um, graduation. I think when it comes to self-care, there's just no graduation where suddenly, you know, you're masterful at practicing extreme self-care and you never screw up again. That's just unrealistic, especially given the craziness of our lives and the commitments that happen and the needs that people have and all of those sorts of things. So all of that said, before I take some of your questions and I invite you to start putting them in the comment section now, all of that said, it's really important to take time to be present to your environment, to yourself, to uh, nature, regardless of where you live, whether you're, you know, in the city or not. Um, or whether you, you know, if you don't live in the country, getting yourself someplace where there are squirrels and birds and dogs and cats and fox and um, deer. I'm hoping to see some deer soon. A lot of them give birth around now. And every now and then I get lucky to see a beautiful little baby, little fawn showing up in the backyard. If I do, I'll be sure to take pictures for you. But making a point to just be present to your life, to actually just slow down, take a deep breath and be where you are. I, you know, it's a simple, um, it's a really simple piece of advice, but boy, it's so important, you know, make sure that if you feel like you're missing something in your life, that the something you're missing, um, isn't you. Okay. All right. So let's see. Um, Yes, Sarah, my garden is not stunningly beautiful right now. <laughs> the pots on my deck are empty. Um, I do have um, the Louise's tree is just starting to sprout leaves. And I look forward to, I'm going to take pictures for all of you once the, um, the flowers come out this spring. I planted it too late for it to flower last year. And I'm hoping that it flowers and does well this year. Um, so things aren't stunningly beautiful yet, but the the, the uh, bones are there and um, I've got seeds happening here. Let's see if I can show you. See my seeds over there? Whoops. <laughs> I've got seeds that I've planted. This is my first year planting seeds. I planted Italian basil and um, um, a recommendation from a friend, white Russian kale that's supposed to be sweet and small. So this is the first year I decided to um, attempt to grow some things in the garden from seeds starting in the house here. So I'll be very curious to see how it goes. I come and watch them every day. <laughs> I look at them to see if they've sprouted. And the day they sprouted, I was like a little kid. Yes, it worked. I was so excited. Okay. So anyway, let's see. What do we have here? I'm going to attempt to... So if you're asking questions, um, do me a favor and just make sure you copy your question. You may need to post it. Um, again, because I can't always scroll all the way back. I'm trying to do that right now, and it is not allowing me to do so. So um, let's have you repost any questions that you may have put in to the comment section. And um, yes, hi, everybody, Vincent and Jean and 
Uh, Margo, welcome. I'm glad you're here. And Tara and Sarah and Meredith. Um, yeah, you're welcome, Meredith. Suzette. Uh, yeah, sleep is great, Suzette. I love sleep. That's like one of my favorite things to do is sleep. Oh, anyway. Um, thank you, Margo. Thank you. Okay, let's see. You Oh, Caroline says, you know, that was not just a fox. Thank you for the beautiful message with the energy in the world right now. Yeah, it wasn't just a fox. I'm not sure exactly what it was, <laughs> uh, but it was a friend for sure. Hey, Donna, welcome to you, sweetheart. I'm glad you're here. And Karen, um, yeah, it certainly was a gift from nature, Karen. I just love when that happens. Um, so Olivia says, I just got out of a relationship and I know I need time for myself, but I don't know where to start. It's a good question, Olivia. Um, first of all, it's always really challenging, isn't it, to get out of a relationship? I'm just writing down your name because Facebook's gonna, um, gonna scroll by you. Where do you start, Olivia? Um, ending relationships are hard. I think they're some of the hardest things that we do. You know, we like to be close to people. We like to be in love. We like to feel that connection. We like our relationships to work. And they're some of the hardest places that we invest time and energy. And I think they provide us with the most opportunity for growth. Um, it's just that if both, folk, if both people aren't committed to growth, then it gets pretty rocky. So where do you start? Um, I, you know, I'm a journal keeper, Olivia, and the first thing I would say is start keeping a journal about how you feel. You don't have to write multiple pages, even if you just do a page. Think of it as a way of connecting with yourself, of having a dialogue with yourself. You could even write a letter to yourself about how you're feeling today, how you're feeling about the ending of the relationship. I remember one time, Olivia, when I ended a relationship with someone that I knew the relationship needed to be over. One of the things I did in my journal is I made a list of 20 reasons why I knew that relationship needed to end. Now, the reason I did that um, was because we had gotten broken up and gotten back together a couple of times, and I knew it just needed to stop. That dance needed to stop. And I made a list of 20 reasons why that relationship wasn't a good relationship for me. And any time I found myself tempted to even think about being an, just to think of him, period. I would go back and I would read those 20 items and it really helped. Now, I'm not saying it's a, a bashing list, right? Um, I'm just saying that it's a really great act of self-care to remind yourself why you chose to end that relationship. Now, if you didn't choose to end it, if the other person chose to end it, um, you could consider that a gift as well. Every rejection is God's protection, as they say. Um, so if you were to be really, really honest about what worked and what didn't work in the relationship, you could make a list of the things that just weren't working for you. So journaling would be one thing. Um, arranging to have a couple of friends who could really just listen to you when you're feeling um, sad about the end of the relationship, who could really just mirror you without giving you advice, without telling you what you should or shouldn't do, or without commenting on the relationship itself, but just really being there for you and being willing to just hear you out when you need to kind of, I mean, th that's one of the things we need most of all with grief is we need to be 
we need our grief hosted by somebody loving and patient and um, and present, able to listen without without opening their mouth and going on and on and on. So lining up a couple of people and saying to them right up front, listen, I had a little coaching session <laughs> and my coach recommended that I line up one or two people that could really be there for me when I just feel a bit heartbroken or scared or uncomfortable. And I'm wondering if you might be willing to be that person. I don't need you to give me any advice. I don't need you to do anything at all except just be a loving mirror for, for me, for what I say and how I'm feeling. So that would also be something I would recommend, Olivia. Um, certainly, sometimes therapy is really a great thing to do when a relationship has ended and it can give you an opportunity to begin to just explore who were you in the relationship? Um, did you like who you were? What didn't you like about yourself in that relationship? What lessons might there have been um, offered to you in that relationship that you want to learn so that you don't repeat the same issues in the next relationship? Um, it's, it can also just be a wonderful way to get to know yourself on a deeper level. And, um, and I always say never, this is the great advice for everybody, never underestimate the power of a daily walk. I think walking out in nature at a park, I mean, I don't even care if you're walking. I sometimes love when I'm in New York City, I love putting on headphones. I create a playlist of some of my favorite music, Olivia, and then I walk around the city. I, I have like such great memories of doing that. Sometimes I've even played the same song over and over and over again because it just made me feel good or it made me feel kind of connected to myself in a deeper way. So walking, even if it's a 20 minute walk, is gonna be great for your body, it's gonna be great for your adrenal system, and it's gonna be wonderful to clear your head, and also to just be with yourself. Um, a lot of times being with yourself, walking without listening to anything can be great, sometimes music, and sometimes I listen to inspiring podcasts. Esther Perel, has wonderful podcasts. Um, her podcast is called, uh, where, I think it's called Where Do We Begin? Or Where Do I Begin? Nicole, if you could just make a note of that. Um, Esther Perel, a wonderful relationship podcast where she actually does therapy with a couple. And, um, and that might be something that would be, you know, interesting to you and educational as well. So Anyway, those are some of my suggestions, Olivia. I hope that they're helpful. And I have with me here my, um, my prayer book, my red prayer book. I'm going to put you in there, sweetheart. I'm going to put you in, put you in there with the, um, and I hold the, just the vision that the ending of this relationship is the beginning of a beautiful new relationship with yourself. Yeah, we got to be alone for a while, people, to get to know ourselves, to get to know what's important to us before we attempt to try and make it work with someone else. I avoided that for a lot of years, Olivia, and when I finally did it, it was the best thing I ever did. Anyway, I hope that's helpful. Okay, remember to repost your questions. Um, Jen says, I recently left a job in which I now realize, uh-oh, that I've been existing outside of myself. Oh, Jen. Jen, can you repost that, honey? For, you know, Facebook makes me crazy. I can't, um, it moves along without my, without my doing. Uh, let's see. Um, 
So I'm just going to scroll through here. Yeah. Hi, Rachel. Glad to see you here, dear. Um, so any advice, so Marilyn says, any advice on how to flip the script when it's so easy to take care of others and forget to take care of ourselves? Um, any advice of, on how to do this on a small, in a small way on a daily basis? So Marilyn, um, yeah, it is. I remember early on, you know, I'm a natural helper on the Enneagram. I'm a type two. That's called the helper. <laughs> no surprise. And I remember years ago being in therapy and my therapist talking about how important it was for me to start taking good care of myself, making my needs a priority. And I said to her, you know, it feels like caring for others is in my DNA. It's in my bones. It's something I just automatically do. And so awareness is always the first step, um, Marilyn. It's really about becoming aware. So before you try to get yourself to change your behavior or try to get your, or, or, you know, God forbid, beat yourself up for not taking care of yourself, putting the needs of others before you. Just start by becoming aware, like literally imagine yourself as a witness to your life. Become very curious. That's what I want to say. Become incredibly curious about, um, about how you operate on a daily basis. So when you get up tomorrow morning or whenever your morning is, when you wake up, you want to say to yourself, today I'm going to pay attention to how I operate in the world. I'm just going to become aware of how I act on a regular basis that gets me into trouble. So for example, as I was saying in the beginning of this uh, broadcast, one of the things I always notice that I do, um, one of the things that gets me into trouble is when I don't take space between a request of my time and, time and energy and my response. So you might discover that, oh, wow, I tend to be really impulsive when people ask me to do something I automatically say yes. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Or, oh, I notice that anytime there's a crisis in my family, I feel the urge to respond right away. And, you know, I get in the middle of it and I want to try and fix everything so people get along. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Or, wow, I notice when people text me, I automatically text them back right away because I'm so afraid. I'm going to forget it, and I just want to get it off my plate. Isn't that interesting? Just become aware, Marilyn. That's what you want to do at first, because that's going to give you information about how to make small changes. It might be that the one small change you make is that from now on, anybody who texts you um, isn't going to get a response right away. You're going to wait an hour, three hours, maybe 24 hours. And you just focus on making that change for the week, just that one change. Or you suddenly discover that your family, a family member is in some kind of a crisis. You know, they call and they leave a message. Oh, you wouldn't believe what happened and you need to call me right back. You decide, you know what? I'm going to just sleep on that before I call back. Because, you know, interestingly enough, Marilyn, a lot of times people, if you give them 24 hours, they'll work out their own drama <laughs> without you needing to be involved at all. That can happen. So that's something to think about. So becoming aware is the first step. Think of yourself as a science project. 
and you are going to witness yourself going through your daily life and notice the habits and behaviors that keep getting you into trouble. Just become aware of them. Now, taking that witnessing perspective, imagining yourself, like I often imagine my higher self is like right up here above me and I say to my higher self, pay attention to what I'm doing, will you? And I start to just witness myself moving through life. And I always get really great information about um, the changes that I need to make. It's what happened the other day as I started this broadcast when I suddenly discovered the fox sitting in the backyard. And um, I stood there and I was watching him. When I stepped back, when the fox left and I came back into the house, I began to witness what just happened there. Oh, I was present. I stopped. I wasn't doing anything. I was one with nature. I was, take, I, I was taking in the magic of this moment. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? How often do, they, do I do that during the day? Not very often. I've been too busy lately. Oh, okay. Maybe that has something, something to do with why I feel like I'm missing something in life. So anyway, hope that's helpful, Marilyn. Um, let's see. Um, I'm just going to look through your questions here. Remember, remember to copy your questions. Um, um, Cindy says, Cheryl, I turned 65 in March and I've been struggling with a sense of purpose. There's so many things I've yet to experience and accomplish, but I find myself feeling like I'm running out of time and it's too late. How do I get past this and still go after my dreams? Well, Cindy, um, we will always feel overwhelmed by the amount of desire we have that goes unfulfilled when we're focused on all of the dreams we have or all of the things we could do or all of the experiences we want to have. Um, I think, you know, we live in a culture that's just, we're so bombarded with everybody's stuff that's, you know, social media gives us a window into everybody fulfilling their dreams all the time or living a great life. You know, we've, we've talked about that before here. What I would say to you, Cindy, is focus on just one thing you'd like to experience. Just one thing. What would you like to do? Would you like to go away overnight to a little inn by yourself, maybe by the ocean or in the desert somewhere? Um, is there a trip you've wanted to plan? Um, is there a friend that you really love spending time with and you'd like to actually spend more time than just dinner together? Maybe you want to do like, a girl's night, you know, a, a pajama party with a girlfriend, like one thing you'd like to experience and put the emphasis on that one thing that you'd like to actually really be present for. And that's all you have to do. For this week, there's just one thing you're going to plan. And then trust that that one thing, here's the kind of magical spiritual element to it. When we put energy behind the things that matter to us. When we pick one thing and we put our energy behind it, it's like life starts to lead us in the direction that we're supposed to go in. So while you're picking one experience that you want to have, and honestly, Cindy, I'll tell you, I think the older we get, um, the, more, the older I get, the more I value experience over things. I mean, I've valued experience for a long time, but more and more, I'll tell you, uh, 
we spend an awful lot of time fantasizing about the dreams we want to fulfill and not enough time planning just one of them. And sometimes the word dreams is as loaded as the word purpose. Dreams feels like this big thing. Oh my God, I have to travel through Europe or, oh, I have to have a baby or, oh, I have to meet the person of my dreams, you know, like dreams feel so big when really if we focus on one simple experience that you've wanted to have for a while, putting momentum behind that, making a decision to give yourself the gift of that experience, it kind of opens a door where life then will lead you to the next experience and the next experience. And you'll also learn a lot about yourself and you'll learn a lot about what, what kinds of experiences really fill you? Um, your purpose here, my darling, you're, the soul is here to experience life. That's our purpose. We're here to grow, evolve, to be present to our lives, to experience each other, to be present in this moment right now as I look at you through the computer screen. This is what life, life is. The beauty, the richness of what you're looking for is right here, right now, in this moment. My face to yours, even though I can't see you, I'm, I'm looking at you like I can. So one experience, Cindy, that's the goal here, is to really just give yourself the gift of that one um, commitment to yourself and trust that life's going to show you, if you just take it one experience at a time, one week at a time, Life's going to start leading you. When we get to the second stage of life, it is less about setting goals and intentions and dreams and then making them happen. It's more about being present. It's becoming, it's like I, it's like I write about in Waking Up in Winter. It's about becoming the chalice, becoming so present and available to life that life then shows you what's next instead of you having to figure it out all the time. So I hope that happens for you, Cindy. And um, I hope you, you give yourself the gift of just one experience. Let me know if that makes sense to you. I hope so. Okay, let's see. Um, I am going to scroll through again. Um, Lori, I'm so glad this year is going to be dedicated to you. That sounds fantastic. Um, let's see what we have here. Um, I know I can see, you know, unfortunately I see, it's always hard when I do the Facebook lives, I see that there's some people who um, uh, are struggling with loss, but it goes by so I can't see it. Um, Nicole Joyce says, please say hello to Nicole from Joyce in New Hampshire. Eight years ago, she was very helpful when I was trying to heal from a traumatic experience and reached out to your email. Nicole responded to me, I will always remember her kindness and support. She is... Nicole, like I could just cry when I think about my assistant, Nicole. She is such a good human being. And yes, she's here with all of us. She's just, she makes me want to be a better person. I tell her that all the time. She's, she's, she's terrific, Joyce. And, and I'm not surprised that she helped you. She's just, she's that kind of gal. She really is. She's really, really special. I'm blessed with special people in my life. Um, okay, let's see. Um, Skylar says, I'm very soon undergoing a full hysterectomy, ovaries removed, I'm 48. I feel like I'm a phoenix about to go to ashes. How can I help myself to transition into this next stage of womanhood? 
Um, Skylar, I would strongly recommend that you get the book, Prepare for Surgery, Heal Faster. Um, Nicole, we can put in healfaster.com as one of the um, uh, resources that I'll post the resources here after we're done. It'll take me a few minutes, but we'll post them in. Um, Prepare for Surgery, Heal Faster is really important, Skylar. Um, in there, she talks about using, um, uh, cre possibly creating an, an audio tape that you can listen to dur during surgery. I actually had abdominal surgery on my uterus several years ago, back in 97, and I used her process. I created, um, Skylar, I created an audio program. I recorded my own voice giving me positive affirmations so I could listen to it during the surgery. And I, I talked about my creativity and my womanhood and, because my uterus was being operated on. And um, I healed in nearly half the time that I was supposed to, and it ended up being a powerful healing experience for me. I rose. <laughs> As a phoenix out of the ashes, I rose. And um, it, a lot of that was due to Peggy Huddleston's Prepare for Surgery Heal Faster program. So um, that's my recommendation to you. It's a really, really great, um, great program. Hi, John. And hi, David. <laughs> Um, let's see. Okay. Just scrolling through, looking for your questions here. Um, Kimberly, I don't know. I see I missed her dying by five minutes and can't forgive myself. I'm a nurse. I don't know who died and I'm going to, um, if somebody could let me know. That would be great. Kimberly, my experience, you know, when my dad died, we weren't there. And um, I've watched my mother suffer about the fact that she wasn't there for too long. And I don't think my dad could have gone if my mother were there. I don't know who you lost, but I do know, um, I do know from my experience with, um, with death and dying, and I've had a lot of experience with it, that a lot of times there are people and animals in our lives that will leave us um, when we're not there. There's a reason for that. So um, please, sweetheart, don't beat yourself up for that. I promise you, your loved one, whether it was an animal or a human being, wouldn't want that. And um, there's nothing to be gained by doing that, um, except maybe a false sense of control over a situation that feels so desperately uncontrollable. Um, Anyway, I'll look to see if I get more information here. Um, yeah, thanks, Ev, saying the same thing. So it was your mom. Okay, Kimberly, it was your mom. Yeah, I'm so sorry. It's so hard. Please reach out for support. And there's a wonderful, wonderful book called The Wild Edge of Sorrow that my therapist recommended to me when I lost Poupon, and I was just, I was really devastated by that loss. And um he recommended that book, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful book. I'm pretty sure, Nicole, you can check it, um, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. I don't have the author's name, but I'll post that book as well. Kimberly, I'd really encourage you to get that book. Lots of good advice there for anybody who's grieving. Um, yeah, Caroline, you too, as well. Um, yeah, I'm so sorry. You lost a dear friend. It does leave such a hole in our lives, doesn't it? I mean... Those we love and lose are worthy of our grief and they leave holes in our lives. And um, 
and they really invite us to practice self-care in a, in a huge way. I'm glad you told me, Caroline, that you lost your friend, and I'm so sorry for your loss. I really am. And I would encourage you to check out that book as well, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. Let's see. Um, hi, everybody. I'm so glad to have you here, all of you. Uh, oh, good, Cindy. Thank you. Thanks for letting me know that that made sense. Um, okay. So Kathy says, what recommendations do you have for recovering from not experiencing self-help burnout? I've been realizing for the past few months, I've been working so much on myself that I need a break, but need to get back to the important work that I'm doing and not stop it completely. Okay, Kathy, great question. Um, self-help burnout is real, people. <laughs> too many books, too many workshops, and now it's too many social media, too many graphic quotes, too many online courses, too many Facebook Lives, even though I know you're here. Um, the remedy for that, Kathy, is fun, F-U-N. I would make a huge sign that's, that, that says the word fun on it. Um, don't worry about taking a break from self-help. Self-awareness is 50% of the battle, so just being aware of yourself as you move through life is great. But one of the most powerful things we do to take good care of ourselves is have fun to bring more pleasure into our lives. I know you have a little girl. Little kids can teach us a lot about fun and pleasure and joy. I also know you live in a beautiful part of the world. And so um, I would encourage you, I don't even care if you stop it completely. You, I could say to you, take a three-month sabbatical from anything self-help related and just enjoy your life. And um, that would be actually really important self-help. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, yes, thank you, Leah. I'm glad you're here. Um, oh, thank you, Skylar. Let's see what else we have here. Um, uh, Vincent says, I'm raising my vibration and working on connecting to my guides. Any advice as to how to break through a daily practice? Um, my friend Bob Olson wrote a wonderful book. He's got a great website called afterlifetv.com. And he did a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like a vlog on connecting with your guides, guardian angels, spirit guides, however, you know, connecting with the other realm. Um, I would encourage you to check that out, Vincent. I think it would be helpful. But one of the things he suggested that I really liked was every day writing, um, just writing a little letter to your guides or your guardian angels or your angels or whomever in a journal, just a little note about the things that you'd like to experience in your life and that you'd or that you'd like their support with. And then make a point to go back to that journal when something happens, you know, where you feel supported in some way or um, something that you wanted to have happen occurs, go back in and make a note in that journal as well. Think of it as a way of building a relationship through a daily practice um, of connecting with your guides and doing that in such a way that, um, that has a sort of like an ongoing feedback loop of, I believe that there are angels or there are guardians around me or spirit guides around me i'm going to just communicate with them and then i'm going to see what happens and then i'm going to write about what happens and you sort of go back and forth with that and it's a wonderful way to just build that in as a daily practice um 
Let's see. Thanks, John. John says, I'm going to buy your book, Waking Up in Winter. Thank you for that. I so appreciate the support when people do that. You know, it's a different kind of book and um, it's not for everybody for sure. But for people who are at midlife and are really wanting to slow down and stop and really think about um, how they're living their lives, it's a, it's a good idea. And I also appreciate those of you who put reviews on Amazon because they really matter too. I appreciate it. All right, let's see. Um, Anne says, I recently watched a video with you and Louise. She mentioned she had given up a child for adoption. Were you that child? You have so many similarities, especially your facial appearance. You could choose not to answer if it's too private. That's very sweet, Anne. No, I am not Louise's adopted child. Um, but you know, it's very funny because she reminded me that when, when Louise and I first started traveling together and writing together, there were ways she reminded me of my mom. And um, there's a kind of regalness about her. My mom's a very regal woman. And, um, and Louise was always very positive, like to keep things positive. And my mom's the same way. But no, I'm not, I'm not her adopted child. Um, but you know, I think of her as a wonderful mother figure in my life. And even though she's not here in physical form, um, and Kathy, by the way, Louise would be the first one to say, forget the self-help and have some fun. Louise was a real hoot, and she loved, loved, loved having fun. Um, all right, I'm looking at the time. I see where it's getting sort of late here. Um, thank you all so much for your, uh, your comments and your questions. Um, well, let's just, let me just finish with this, because this is an important. Jess says, because of my recent experiences with death, I'm questioning my beliefs in everything. And I don't know what to think anymore. I'm a little lost. Where do I start to find myself again? Jess, that's a really, um, that's a really important and powerful question. And you are at an important time in your life. I don't know how old you are. Um, loss makes us question everything. And I think it should. Uh, when I lost my dad, it makes me, you know, it's suddenly it's like, wow, I, I'm, a, I'm a daughter without a living father. What does that mean? And, 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 and even to just see, like, what happened after my dad was gone, you know, um, I think about it when Debbie Ford died. You know, Debbie Ford died, and two weeks later, people were going on with their lives, which is always so bizarre, right? When we lose someone we love, we think the whole world should stop for a long period of time. I've thought that about my father. I thought that about my cat when I lost, when Michael and I lost Poupon. Um, and I can say that in the last uh, three years, I've lost a lot of people in my life, a lot of very important people in my life. And, um, and it has me questioning everything still, Jess. And I would say, the, the real thing to think about is how do I live with the questions? How do I allow myself to be with the questioning? Questions like what really matters? Why am I here? What's the point to all of this? Where do we go when we die? What is consciousness? Does consciousness live beyond the physical body? What do I believe in? Do I believe in God today the same way I believed in God 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago? Who is God to me now? 
These are all the kinds of questions, Jess, that come to the surface, the existential questions that come to the surface when we start experiencing death more frequently in our lives. These are the questions we're supposed to be asking. And as we, as we get older, we ask them more, we explore them more. Like think of yourself as a spiritual adventurer and you are gonna live with these questions. You're gonna mull them over. You're gonna read different books. You're going to gain different perspectives. You're gonna write about it in your journal. You're going to talk about it with other people. You know, so much of the interactions we have with each other is superficial bullshit. And most of us are longing for deeper conversations about those kinds of questions. And so Jess, who are the people in your life that you can have, like I'm so, who are the people in your life you can, you can bat around those questions with? And if you don't have anybody, start to look for people. I bet there are people right here in this community right now who would love to spend time with you batting around those questions. And if that's the case, you know, for those of you, Jess G, G-I-E, um, she's a top fan. You can all go, go in and comment on her post here and um, let her know. Maybe you all can connect with one another and get on the phone or, you know, these are the questions that we explore at the retreats that I hold twice a year, the self-care by the sea retreats. They really are. I mean, every retreat is different. People come together and we explore where are people stuck in their lives? What are the bigger questions we should be asking? What's the deeper meaning we're looking for? Um, you know, what do we want out of our lives and how does that change as we age? How do we make friends with aging? How do we cultivate the wisdom um, that will carry us through the losses that we experience? These are all the things that we actually wanna be exploring, these big existential conversations that actually make life rich and important and meaningful and fulfilling and satisfying. So um, it's okay to be lost, sweetheart. I'm lost. Right now I feel lost in my life. I felt lost for the last several years. And then some days I wake up and I find myself. And then I feel lost again and I think, great, I'm on another adventure now. What don't I know? Who don't I know? What haven't I seen? What haven't I experienced? I will be in the middle of the forest of nothingness and trust that if I stay open and curious and awake and aware and present to my life, the home, the, 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 what, you're, what we're always looking for most of all, Jess, is the home that exists within us wherever we go. And if you stay with the questions and you stay with the wandering and you stay with the experience of not knowing, that's how you build that deep connection to yourself on the inside. That's how you build a deep connection to yourself as a soul because that's what you are in a physical body. That's what we all are in a physical body. Anyway. All right, my dears, thank you so much for being here with me today. It's good to be back with all of you. Um, I appreciate you spending your time with me. I really do. And um, I, you know, remember, go back. If you all want to have some good conversation with Jess, go back and find her here, post on her, comment on her post. And um, I'll look forward to being with you all next time. Hopefully next week, I think it will be. So in the meantime, take really good care of yourselves, okay? Be extra special to yourselves. Have good experiences, and um, I'll talk to you soon. Lots of love. Bye.